Blog Talk Radio. This week's Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash Dungeon Crawlers Radio to start your free trial membership. Broadcasting live from the PCR studio. The Emperor has been expecting you. Where Geekishik and Pandemonium reign supreme. Come to the coach and get together, have a few laughs. Your host will discuss everything you need to know about the world of Geek. Oh yeah! So grab your staff, throw on your cape, and roll your 20-sided die. Because it's time for... Dungeon Crawlers Radio. All right, this is Dungeon Crawlers Radio. This is Revan. This is Lord Flagoon, and we are still at LTUE. I have no clue where Joe is anymore. Uh, he's, I, I think he's still flying around in the Iron Man suit. Iron Man suit. Yeah. Intern Chris is still in a cave. Well, I, I actually uh, uh, collapsed the entrance. Oh, okay. So he's going to be in there for a long time. He's going to be digging himself out yeah, for a few weeks. Yeah, Well, I also left him like a really, like, I, I left him a spork. Well, and the best part is he has laryngitis. I know. So he, so can't, he can't scream even, for help. He can't even call for help. No. 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 All right, we're sitting here with uh, author Steve Diamond. For those of you that don't know him, he you shines should. bright like one yes. as well. Every now and then, I'm, yes. I'm kind of blinded right now, actually. Yeah, and uh, he, he's well known for dying in Dan Wells' books. I, you know, often I, I I try to get in as many books as possible yeah. in death scenes. Yeah, the thing with Dan Wells' books is it's like I almost never die. Yeah, you I didn't, didn't, you didn't die in Hollow City. I yeah. know, right? You I, made it. I didn't die in Hollow City. I didn't die in Ruins or in uh, Partials. As far as I know, my poor character, Skinny, is just wandering around out there That in is the true. You never actually right? hear of your ca- uh-uh. guy dying. It's, just, right. it's assumed. Yeah. You know, other than uh, Scruffy gets shot point blank in the head. Well, that's okay. Yeah. I mean, that's Scruffy. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> uh, you know, as, but you're also known for writing some of your privateer press now stuff. Right, yeah. Yeah. So what? And those are coming out really soon. Yeah, hopefully. pretty soon. Yeah. Um, I was told. So I write the the Menoth faction for mm-hmm. those for those of your your people out there that that are uh, that are the War Machine fanatics. And uh, I write for Menoth, and uh, which are the religious jihadists. Nice. Which is always fun. All right. You know, death to the heretics, burn everything, kill all the things. Kill them. Right. So um, yeah. So I have a I have a Darton Villman story coming out. Uh, it's probably going to be April-ish for a short story. Okay. And then I have a Daughters of Flame story that's going to be uh, hopefully a little bit thereafter, and that's a novella. Okay. So that's going to be pretty cool. I'm, I'm super nice. excited about him. So and besides that, you're also working on a, on a Kickstarter soon. Which Yeah, yeah. So are you allowed to talk about that? Yeah, no? I can okay. talk about All it. Right. Why not? Yeah, so, let's um, do it. So me and, and one of my really good friends, Alan Barr, we're going to be kickstarting an RPG later on this year. Um, the the kind of the impetus of it. Well, first of all, he's he's the guy that, that made the rule set. Yeah. He's he's the he's the, the, the crunchy. Genius. Yeah. He's the crunchy. You know, the, making the dice work, making the math. He work. made the engine. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And it's a very it's a very distinct engine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what I'm doing is uh, I'm writing a lot of the fluff for it. I'm in, you know I'm doing the world and stuff. We're making we're just totally collaborating on this and making it work. It's nice. It's fantastic. 
so the impetus to it was while right now um, in all the genres kind of the dark and gritty is like the thing yeah it's everywhere right yeah it is um, well that's great and I, and I love my dark and gritty I mean that's my some of my favorite stuff yeah but there comes a point where sometimes you just want heroes sometimes you just want to see heroes again yeah, yeah. you want to play the heroes you want to be the heroic guy um and so what this is, is this is a, an RPG set in kind of a, a Dark Ages Europe during like a, uh, think of it like dark fantasy, um, I guess really dark German fairy tales. So okay. where, the, uh, where the fairies come, steal your, ch- steal your children and eat them. All right. Um, everything's bad. All the elves are bad. Everything's bad. Um, and so in that kind of an environment, the players are playing the characters who are the heroes, mm-hmm. the ones that are that are standing up against the darkness that's encroaching in on them and pushing it all away. Nice. So it's pretty cool because there, there's a bajillion fairy tales, right? Yeah. Um, and, and not just, just a few. Fa- just a few. Just yeah. one or two. Yeah. Eh. So, so you think of the fairy tales, and then you think of all of these really awesome um, stories that are out there, you know, like your Robin Hoods, your Wizard of Oz's, and stuff like that. You know, any of the Sleeping Beauties, any of the things yeah. that, that Disney destroyed. And um, you look at those and you go, okay, what are what were kind of the what are kind of the cool archetypes of those mm-hmm. characters? Yeah. Like, like Robin Hood, that, that's like a highwayman. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you have you have like these these like paladin, these like really noble people. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, man, it's 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 super exciting. Like, like every time that, that Alan and I get together, that that's all we end up talking about is more world. Yeah. How can we make this cooler? How can we make this better? But the really interesting thing that we're doing with it is we understand that not everyone is gamers. Yeah. And not everyone has a gaming group that they can get to. Mm-hmm. Now, I have one. I mean, me and Larry Korea and a bunch of and a bunch of guys, we get together for Rider Nerd, Rider Nerd Game Night and we play L5R and it's a freaking blast. Yeah. But yeah. not everyone has that group, right? No, they don't. Sadly. But there are a lot of parents out there who have kids, and they would love to get their kids involved in this stuff. They would love to get their kids imagining things, creating their imagination, using their imagination instead of sitting in front of a TV watching Dora the Explorer. Yeah. So what we're doing is we have the rule set, and we have all the stuff set for your adults. You know, the guys like, like us, yeah. who we don't really care what's in there. We just want fun stuff. We want complexity. We want strategy. It's amazing. Yeah. But then you can scale it back and say... Okay, well, if you're a parent, how are you going to play this with your kids? Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, like how, what is, the, what is your kid's favorite fairy tale? You know, d- does your kid want to re- rescue the princess in the tower? Right. Yeah, we can do that. And so, and so you, have this, you have this scalable system within the, within the RPG to do that. It's fantastic. That's nice. And that's a good idea. I mean, I, I don't know how many people out there have actually, like, read the Grimm stories. Mm-hmm. Those aren't fairy. These aren't the fairy tales you see in Disney. These are Ooh. dark, pretty. Yeah. I mean, well, I think the Cinderella story. One of the stepsisters is like sawing she off her She chops off part heel of her foot. Yeah, to try to get it in right? the, the slippers. Like, yeah, exactly. We're not seeing it in the Disney uh-huh. thing. I mean, yeah, it, yeah it's the, creepy. Uh, you know, Little Mermaid. The Little Mermaid dies in the end. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, yeah. You tell people, yeah, you know, she dies in the end. Yeah. No, she does. She dies and turns into foam. Yeah. yeah, I mean, she does, eh? yeah. well, if if you read any of like the the actual Wizard of Oz stuff, oh yeah, um, I mean, the first book is just Wizard of Oz. Yeah. But after that, I mean, it's it dark. dark. 
Well, I mean, there is... Alice in Wonderland is pretty messed up. Well, Alice in Wonderland, the guy was on lithium when he wrote it. Right? I wouldn't expect anything normal coming out of that. Yeah. But, yeah, these fairy tales really are dark. I mean, just the tooth fairy. I mean, a lot of people don't know the tooth fairy is actually this... You know, lady that was burned to death, and she comes and steals people. Different iterations <laughs> of Santa yeah. Claus. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna put the bad kids in a sack. Yeah. So, so here's the thing. So Krampus, right? Yeah. Um, so one of the things we're gonna do is every Christmas uh-huh. we're gonna release just a really <laughs> short, just a really short PDF adventure uh-huh. that is Krampus. Nice. So he's immortal. You can't kill him. No. So every every Christmas you have the Christmas adventure <laughs> where you're dealing with Krampus. <laughs> I just I just love this because Christmas awesome. with Krampus, Cause, right? That's yeah. awesome. So the what I love about it is that that fairy tales and folk tales and things mm-hmm. of this nature, you know, you know everyone's like, oh, I really wish that that we would see more of like the grim nature of these or yeah. whatever. Well, well, how about we do that? How about we let you play in that world, mm-hmm. and then if you want to play with your kids, you can scale it back and make it safer and more tame for them. Yeah, and they can be the hero. Okay. Your daughter can be Mulan, the Shining Princess, or, or an archetype of that. Yeah. Yeah, my, my daughter would just insist on being Ariel. Your daughter would insist on being the mass serial killer that ran through and slaughtered everyone. Oh, yeah. She's, she's in an interesting little stage. She's, uh, she's in what I call the axe-murdering princess stage. Oh, good, good. So yeah. she'll, I hear she'll, that's a thing. Yeah. It is. Well, she runs around with, like, like a, a LARP sword, <laughs> but she, she insists on wearing a princess dress. So, yeah. my uh, my daughter, she's two. Yeah. She uh, I get out of the shower. My daughter is. She gets out of I get out of the shower this morning, and she runs up to me with this pirate sword <laughs> that we got at Disney World yeah. like two months ago. And she looks at me, and she looks at me with like this fierce, fierce expression yeah. on her face with the sword, like she's in a onesie, like one yeah. sleeves hanging off of her. <laughs> she's not even in it all, yeah. all the way. And she just looks at me, and she goes, <laughs> and then just ran away. Yeah, it's a lot like that. Yeah. yeah. Only not a cleaver. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, it was it was end of Halloween, and she just she found it, and she's like, ah, she had to walk around with it. it we almost like, oh, have to send geez. that to Dan. I you mean, need seriously. to send that to Dan. Say, hey, look. <laughs> my sister is, uh, my daughter is not a serial killer. <laughs> Except she totally is. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> At uh, Gen Con, I picked Ooh, her up a... Uh, she's cosplaying the female John Cleaver. That's what it is. There it oh, is. Oh, so um, <laughs> I will say that... Um, because cause Dan's getting Dan's getting some some more John Cleaver stuff going. Yeah, I, I heard right. he, he yeah. mentioned that. Yeah, um, please, yes. So uh, the most I can say at this point is that I, I beta read a little uh, novella from him. Nice. That takes place not from not from John Cleaver's point of view, but from from one of the the demon things, the oh, nice. ones, whatever they're yeah. called. In the they call themselves like three different names in the mm-hmm. stories. Um, it's from one of their points of view, huh. and it's like three years after the series. Oh man! Oh wow! You you read it. It was such a fast read, and it's like, man, this is this is why I love Dan Wells. Yeah. Like this guy <laughs> is such a freaking stud. Like you read it, and you're going, it's familiar. Yeah. It's dark. There's some humor in it. There's like serious emotion going on, and that's why I love Dan as a, as a writer. Yeah. So one of the other things I do is is uh, I run a book review mm-hmm. website, Elitist Book Reviews. Um, it was nominated for the Hugo Award last year. Congrats. Hopefully, yeah, yeah, yeah and, hey, until I didn't win. <laughs> Wait a minute. Nomination's pretty big, though. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a big deal. Some yeah. of us are still waiting for that nomination. I don't know. You? What? Um, you, know, you know what they really need? They actually need, like, a separate podcast category. They do. 
You know? I mean, they have, like, best-related work. Yeah. But that doesn't really mean anything. No. Like, like, they need, like, the best-related stuff for, like, print. Yeah. And then they need stuff for, like, you guys for writing excuses. Yeah. It's just the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Because no, I agree. That's, it's two different markets, really. It is. It really is. Um, but, yeah, so I, I was nominated for the Hugo Award last year. Hopefully, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll get it again this year. We'll find out, I don't know, like, first week of April or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but... So what I love about reviewing books is reading people like Dan or, say, Brandon Sanderson yeah. or Larry Correa, who, who I've also co-written with. Um, and it's great to see a lot of these guys. Um, like, I've known... I, I heard Dan Wells' original pitch for I'm Not a Serial Killer. Wow. It was when we first met at Worldcon in Los Angeles in 2006. And he's like, he's like, Steve... He's like, you know, I don't really know you. Um, this is the first time we met, and we were sleeping in the same bed. A little weird. Yeah. And, oh, uh, wow. Yeah. We went there already. It doesn't take too long. Doesn't to get take you too long. <laughs> we can cuddle. Um, so uh, it was on Big Spoon. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> so, oh. so, have you? Do you know the story? Of I haven't. This one? No, I haven't heard this one. So, Dan Wells, mm-hmm. myself. Bob Defendi and Brandon Sanderson mm-hmm. all go to Worldcon in LA. Yeah. Um, we walk into the hotel room. We're all staying together. I don't really know Bob. Yeah. Um, although after like five minutes with Bob, you know it's Bob. Pretty, yeah. Um, and then in uh, Dan Wells, I hadn't met him until right then. We all four walk in. I was there because of Brandon. We walk in. There's two beds, and you see big Bob Defendi. Oh yeah. And big Brandon Sanderson. <laughs> And then there's me and Dan Wells. Yeah. So, you know, I'm called Skinny in his partials book for a reason. <laughs> yeah. And it's not like Dan Wells is a big dude either. Yeah. And so Dan Wells and I, we don't even know each other. We look at each other and we point to one of the beds and we go, we got that one. <laughs> <laughs> and Bob Defendi, and I kid you not, he looks at Brandon and he goes, I sweat a lot and I cuddle. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon got the floor. <laughs> They were in the same bed together. I don't know what happened. There were unusual sounds, but let's not discuss those parts. Uh, That's when the pillow hand? barrier comes yeah. up. You know, it was a little bit like playing Chains of Automobiles, yeah. I think. <laughs> Why did you kiss my ear? I don't know. <laughs> those aren't pillows. So, uh, um, you know, I love, I love seeing, like, these guys, like a lot of these guys that are huge mainstays right now. Yeah. Like, Brandon is insanely huge. Oh, yeah, he is. Like, people realize that he's big. I don't know if they really realize how big. He's no. insane. Yeah. Um, and Dan is doing amazing. Yeah. And so to see these guys, like, I've known these guys from ground zero almost. Yeah. And to see them go from that to where they are now. Yeah. And not just that, but to actually read their stuff and appreciate it and go, my gosh, like, this is amazing. They do characters right. They make you care about characters. They make you care about all this stuff. It's awesome. I love it. Well, I mean, it, going with Dan, I mean, I, I have to say, I want to I want to hear, a, it would be awesome to interview his mother-in-law just because <laughs> all the research and then I'm sure he has a wall that if the police came in they say um, I think we have a I think, uh, I think, we, found, I think we found the Zodiac I mean yeah because <laughs> I know the research he does and how in-depth he gets I mean yeah. he's got stuff everywhere uh-huh. I can just imagine what his mother-in-law has to mm-hmm. think I think she asked if he was okay if he was okay. she asked Don yeah. Don is is, is is Dan okay? Is he <laughs> so, all right? <laughs> so going back on topic, what was what was uh, what was his uh, pitch original pitch oh about yeah. the John Cleaver series? 
So at the time, Dexter really wasn't a, a thing. Yeah. Um, and quite frankly, Dan is much better than the Dexter it, novels. No, yeah. The oh, Dexter yeah. novels are terrible. Oh. Well, the, the the final episode was well, uh, was horrible. The show yeah. is better than the books. Yeah, the show was yeah. was good. The books were uh, very man, they were a train wreck. They, wow. were, they um, were bad. They were so bad. I'm glad, man. Give me give me some love there. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's just it's just bad. So we're we're walking down the street in L.A. Um, we hardly even know each other, and uh, he makes a joke in Spanish, and I laugh because apparently we both went to Mexico, and we both speak Spanish. Awesome. And then as soon as that happened, we became good friends, and he's like, so Steve, now that we're good friends, it's been like five minutes, now that we're good friends. <laughs> That's Dan. Um, and he knew that at the time I was running the Walden Books down, mm-hmm. in here, down here in Provo, and at the time it was the number one Walden Books in the country. Um, and so we're down here. And Dan says, so I know that you, you're, you're pretty big into the book community. So he's like, I want to pitch you something and tell me what you think about it. And he said, he's like, so what I want to do, I want to write about a character. It's this kid who he knows that he that he's, has all the tendencies of becoming a serial killer. And he doesn't want to be one. So he makes rules to, to kind of structure his life so he, doesn't, so he doesn't fall off the wagon, so to speak. And then some killings start happening in town and he's the only one that realizes that it's a serial killer except it's also a monster hmm. and I said so when am I going to get to read this <laughs> he's like well you know I have to kind of pitch it around and stuff and do these things he's like I haven't even really written it yet um, I'm like I think it's a fantastic idea I'm like I love it um, and so he I mean from that mm-hmm. to where he is now oh yeah it's astounding yeah. And that series, I love that series so much. I mean, I love horror. I love horror mm-hmm. so much. And that's just right up my alley. Yeah. And Dan gets it. And he, yeah, he, put, he, he put some really good dark humor in there. Oh, man, I love Dan. Yeah, good I mean, dark humor. And it, 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 it also, he, he brings a lot of good gore to it as well. He does. Yeah. He does. But, you know, the, the problem with a lot of horror is that they confuse horror with gore. Yeah. And that they, they think that, that gore... Is the only is the only kind of like qualifying factor. For the uh, the Silent Hill Five mistake. Yeah, Silent yeah. Hill Five mistake or or Saw ninety five yeah. whatever yeah. whatever version we're on anymore. Um, but really, what horror is about is is preying on um, a person's like like most primal fears. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, Darkness Falls is a great example. Mm-hmm. You don't see a single person killed on camera. Right. You know, the the creature comes in, sweeps off camera, and you hear it, mm-hmm. and it's dark. And, you know, I'm not scared of the dark, but after watching that movie, I yeah. had to turn a couple lights on. It's yeah. like, and, and that's what I love. You know, Hitchcock was Hitchcock. great with that. Hitchcock. I was know, about to say yeah, that. But some of the, you, you have your more modern horror movies, it's like, it's all like, okay, nah. how, how much blood, guts, and intestines can nah. fly out? And it's just like, that's and not that's, cool. That's Torture cool. porn. Yeah. 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 And see, that's just stupid to me yeah. because there's no thought put into it. Yeah. Well, that, um, that and, like, you know what the end result is going to be. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, Saw 2, you see the person in the twist in the twisting machine. You know there's going to be twisting broken bones all over the place, and eventually his head's yeah. going to get Well, I mean, the top. first one was re- was good because it was different. Mm-hmm. But then after that, it's like, okay. Well, after that, it's like, how how are they upping the ante yeah. with every single yeah. Saw 7,022? Oh, that was Saw 3. That yeah. wasn't Saw 2. Saw 2 was the... I completely screwed it up. That's okay. I can't believe you got that wrong. I failed. You're dead to me. Yeah, it's like I'm dead yeah. to myself. Halloween. I'll, I'll, I'll Nightmare. Just a second. I'm going to go uh, commit <laughs> Friday the 13th and all those other horror movies. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, so so uh, I bought the Blu-ray collection for Alfred Hitchcock. Okay. It's 
amazing. I love it. Yeah. Um, I bought it from the UK because it was way cheaper. And uh, I watched Rear Window the other night. Um, I hadn't, you know, I, I watched that movie like once a year because mm-hmm. I love it. I love Rear Window. It's one of my favorite Hitchcock flicks. And it looks amazing in Blu-ray, by the way. And, uh, you know, there's this scene where, where, where Jimmy Stewart's looking across mm-hmm. and he sees his fiance. Yeah. And he sees her getting attacked um, when she, like, infiltrates the dude's apartment. Yeah. And uh, it does this really close-up on his face. And, first of all, Jimmy Stewart is an amazing actor. Oh, he is. Oh, he's yeah. just incredible, yeah. right? And the writing is great because there's, like, hardly any dialogue right there. It's, like, it's pure emotion. And, and I think that's the good, a good mark of a good writer. They can, yeah. they can get away with stuff without saying a word. Mm-hmm. And so you just see this expression of agony on his face. Like, it is one of the most horrific things for him mm-hmm. that he's ever having to witness and, and that's why I love Hitchcock. And I think Dan specifically excels at that kind of stuff. Like, he gets really psychological with this work. Mm-hmm. Like, you guys read Hollis City. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Hollis City is amazing. And my character in that story is freaking awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I don't like your tone. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, I was, I was, I was kind of, I was yawning in my head. Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. good, good. Yeah. 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 He was. Yeah. <laughs> yawning. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no. But uh, you know, very important. That that story is super psychological. Yeah. Um, no, that was a, I really I mean, without even reading the book because I went when he the first launch mm-hmm. and he had Howard there and, and Mary and Mary yeah and he was reading that just from that small segment where he, you know he's not even sure if what he's hearing or seeing is mm-hmm. real. I mean, that just set the tone for the entire book. It really did. But it was it was so hard. It was like. You wanted things to be real, and then like, yeah. it was all oh, you need. No, yeah. I like that person. Spoilers, but he does it I'm so well. It <laughs> Game of spoilers, right? Oh uh, yeah. well, yeah. It was also a book that came out what two years ago. Yeah, it's true. So two, three. Oh two, man, two it's been a while. It's been a while. Actually, it was before Germany. Oh my gosh, long yeah. before. Can't wait till he gets back. We need a game with him. Yeah, game here. Well, right. I don't know about gaming with him, but I would like to game with him. But oh, no. he, he, it's fun playing. We're gonna games do. Uh, yeah. I've already told him we're doing uh, Shadows of Brimstone when he gets back. Never played that game system. It's, it was the it was the Kickstarter from Flying Frog. Oh nice. So uh, I'm excited about that one. That's good. We may have to jump in on that one. Maybe okay. yeah, one day. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Let's do it. Okay. So, uh, yeah, it's great, man. Um, it's got to be fun writing. It's uh, you know, awesome and expressing writing. that, uh, getting that out, that creativity. It's great. Um, it, it's really hard. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. You know, like, like I review books all the time. Mm-hmm. I review books. I, re- I read like 100 books a year. Wow. And, uh, um, and so to go from that and then go and write something, and then, I'm, and then I think, oh, great. Someone some, else is going to do this. Some jerk like me is going to read this, and, and he is just going to destroy this, because I know I'm a jerk sometimes, and oh, man. And so it, it, it can be really difficult, but, but what I love about it is, is, I, is I love the writing process. I love creating... My, my big thing is I love creating good characters. Yeah. I love characters. Um, I love creating realistic characters that have realistic flaws. Um, and so it's really fun. Um, you know, I've written a lot of different stuff, like stuff I co-authored, co-authored with Larry. Yeah. I mean, that was like action horror. You know, I wrote about a, yeah. I wrote about a FBI agent who couldn't, who, uh, who couldn't die. Oh, nice. He, he's, he's like died a couple times, kind of, and he just keeps coming back. A couple times on an autopsy table. It was a little rough. <laughs> the Kenny <laughs> of the FBI? Kind of. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, so, so what it is is the, the character, like, it's supernatural, right? Yeah. So he's actually a phoenix, and he, he didn't even know it. Oh, okay. Um, 
And in the originals, I, I like to use creatures that haven't been used before. Yeah. So I want to use the phoenix. Um, in the original story, uh, it got changed in edits, but it's a demon now. But in the original story, it was a genie. Oh, okay. Because um, you don't see a lot of that right no, now. No, you don't. Um, and then so Larry and I just wrote this, like, this romp, uh, this, like, dark romp of action and guns and bullets and death and destruction. Um, and that was really fun. And then, uh, you know, for Space Eldritch 2, I wrote this, like, very Robert Matheson-inspired, um, H.P. Lovecraft-inspired story that's really slow and very psychological and personal. Um, and then, of course, like, the Privateer Press stuff, it's like, again, kill all the things. Yeah. Water. Uh, it's great. I, I, man, I love writing. It's awesome. It's good. So. I've, I've actually just started back, uh, going back to school, and I started my English class again. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah. Although I'm writing about food and eating, it, it it's rekindled my enjoyment of the written word. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I would imagine in that, it's like, how are you going to describe this bowl of soup? No, it's not really quite that. It's no? It, the, like, this you is should totally of, do that. I, I, I think I will. Be a food critic. That'd be rad. Yeah. That's actually one of the things I can, I can do for extra credit is be, be a food write, critic. write a food critic uh, critique. That'd be awesome. But so uh, does it have to be on food? Because what? Don't, I mean, well, I've, I've found a way. Perfect. I have found a way to uh, to, to uh, tie in uh, gay marriage, uh, violent video games, and uh, horror movies in awesome. at least uh, one of all of my um, essays that have been due. Cool. So <laughs> very nice. Yeah, I'm writing about it, but I'm also adding my particular voice, which is deranged and goes off topic easily. Good, but That's goes off topic be. for a reason. Yes. <laughs> is it really off topic then? If it's for a reason? Not really. See, see, you're see, on topic. I just saved you. There you go. Okay. <laughs> That's perfect. Now I just got to explain that to my teacher. No, yeah. I didn't go off topic. I meant to do that. This was my target goal. That was my thesis statement right there. Right. <laughs> That's a swear word. No, 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 no. no not that part. <laughs> I, I actually did end my last F, uh, essay with the F word. So. Wow. <laughs> Way to go. How'd that go over? I don't know. I haven't gotten oh, it back got yet. Back <laughs> yet. <laughs> yeah, it yet. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm quite excited to find out what they say about it because I think it, I think it, it finished the, sen- the, the, it finishes it with it, not just a, a, a period, but it finishes it with like a cannonball. Nice. Nice. So, uh, so are you guys going to be at Gen Con this year? We will be. Doing the rounds? That we will, will be, yep. Awesome. Uh, I'm excited. I love Gen Con. Oh, that was a lot of fun so last year. So much freaking fun. The last two years we've gone, which has been the only two years we've gone, mm-hmm. yeah. it's, it's just, it's been fun, and then the next year it's been just, for some odd reason, even even more fun. Yeah. I was just astonished. You know, I go to Worldcon all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like three to 4,000 people, 5,000 people. And I'm like, wow, well, you know, I guess this is a pretty big con, and yeah. you know, I guess this is fun. And then I went to Gen Con, <laughs> and uh, and and you know, it's not even the biggest. No, it was like I think they said there was like fifty thousand last year. Yeah, forty-five, fifty-five. It feels something. like there's a lot more. There. It feels no, like it was uh, the their crushed. Saturday was the highest capacity at seventy-five thousand. It yeah. was insane. Yeah. Um, and it was just fun. I mean, you walk around, you can you can play test any game you want. Oh, yeah. That's like heaven, man. It is. You know, miniatures. I mean, the first, uh. literally, the first time we went, you know, we got to go in the first an hour before anyone else. Mm-hmm. We're walking down because we're supposed to go talk to the wizards people. Uh-huh. They had to keep pulling me away because I'm like, ooh, dice, ooh, that, and they're like, no, no, Brevin, we, we, we don't have time to yeah. play the card game. Yeah. Go. We, we have an interview. 
Well, you guys talked to the Bushido guys, right? Uh, yeah, we did. Yeah. yeah, last year they were great. They're yeah. great they were guys. they were really good, people. really super nice guys. Yeah. Um, well, and really that's good the great thing too. about going to Gen Con is you know you're right there with the people making yeah. the games, and they want you to play it. They want you to ask questions. They want you to dive in. And it's not like oh hey check out our cool thing over oh, here. Yeah. Oh, you, yeah, so don't is, touch. Don't touch. This is this is my art. This is my this is a part of my soul. You do not touch it. Yeah, I no, mean, that's like that's like literati kind of stuff, and I don't go there. No. Yeah, I mean they were, you know, we go, we would make a suggestion or make a comment. Oh, hey, yeah, and they'd write it down, and mm-hmm. yeah. Oh yeah, I got. Uh, I was walking by the flying frog booth, and mm-hmm. they literally grabbed my arm and pulled me in and, and said, <laughs> "Hey, we're uh, we have this uh, deck building game. You should check it out right now." Uh, okay. okay. Yeah. So I sat down, I played it, and then I pre-ordered it because it was awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So. Man, I love Gen Con, and that and that. So Gen Con and World Con are at the same time this year. Mm-hmm. So World Con is in London, which would be awesome. Yeah, to go would to, be awesome to go to, especially if I get nominated for Hugo again. Yeah. But Gen Con is way more fun. Yeah. And at this point in the game, I like having fun when I go places. Yeah. That, that and it's like it's fun during the convention, and then after the the convention doors close. It's oh like, man, it's still it's just, you're awesome. still playing. Yeah, you're just doing you're games. Still doing stuff. Yeah, like, we uh, I would like, we were playing. We were at the end of our hallway, mm-hmm. and we'd be walking down to like go get dinner or something, and you just hear Here, behind every room. door, yeah. just yeah. different people just doing a different, just having a blast playing different RPGs yeah. or different board yeah. games. It was just, it's just, it's Lots great. Yeah. So, so this Gen Con, so here's, here's what's going to happen. I'm just okay. telling you this right now. You All guys right. need to block out some time. Okay. So um, Alan's probably going to go. Okay. Um, and if he doesn't, then, then I'll run it with you guys. But right. um, we're, we're running the RPG okay. that we're going to be kickstarting later. Yeah. So, because, I mean, you guys have been around the block um, with that stuff. And, and you, know, we want to, we want, you know, we want buy-in from people. We want people to love this thing. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll have let's our... Let's set up time, and we're going we'll to run some stuff. We'll be, yeah, so we'll be running with a full force next year, we'll so... Have Four guys and a girl was this possible? Really? Possibly, yeah. This time? Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Because so it would actually be great to get uh, to get a, a lot of female feedback and stuff yeah. too. So um, yeah, we could, we could. It'd def- be awesome. That'd be a whole team. You yeah, that'd, need be, that'd be anyone else. Yeah, that would be perfect actually. Yeah. Um, it it'd be it and it would be really fun to see you guys all screaming yell at each other too. Oh, it happens. Trust yeah, me. Maybe. I stab him in the back all the time. Oh awesome. yeah. <laughs> Like there's any chance, there's any a maneuver for that. Yeah. Anytime Revan gets a chance to stab me in the back, he does. Oh, yeah. That's, that's how <laughs> the even, game works. Even if it doesn't even help. <laughs> oh, I'm just going to stab Flagoon. Well, you, I am losing right now. Why are you doing that? Just, I'm just going to do that. You know, <laughs> in writer's terms, it's, it's right what you know. Yeah. He just knows what to do. That, that, uh, that's, yeah. that's familiarity. He's competition as long as I keep him down. How, I, I'm how good. am I competition? You're, like, you're like usually like 20 points ahead of me, and but I'm trying to go for a two-point thing. You'll never catch up if I keep you down. That's a good point. That's a good point. I'm, I'm kind of with him on this, this one. This is why I don't play with him. But if Joe shows up, I'll have to do it to Joe. You still do it to me. Probably. We can, we can, be, <laughs> equal, we can be equal opportunity about it. Wait. Echo to me. All right. Great. I'm gonna okay. you got to practice. No, it's not, it's not practice. I, I just got to conspire with the other players. Hey, intern Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he'll still be in the cave by then. So, uh, yeah, so Elitist Review is your book review. Yeah, Elitist Book Review. Uh, check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, Look forward to the Privateer Press Privateer stuff Press coming stuff. out this year. 
Um, Space Eldritch is already Space out. Space Eldritch is out right now. You can grab that whenever you want. It's Space Eldritch 2. I'm in the second one. Okay. They didn't like me for the first one or something. I don't know what the heck that was all about. Oh. I know. Well, 2. That just means you're in the one that's not... I mean, the first one's always kind of... Yeah, it's like, yeah. well, you know, they're still finding their footing. And then they yeah. got me and everything was fine. Yeah, the yeah. second one is... The second one... The first one is where they, they just kind of like see what works and what doesn't work. Uh-huh. And then the second one is where it's just like it's everything... Everything, all the cogs just go into place. Yeah, man, Howard, Howard's story in that is awesome. And Howard then, Taylor is And then the third it. one is when everybody has kind of had too much... Uh, has had Too much punch? Too much punch, and yeah. kind of, it, it falls apart from there. Yeah, Yeah. so you can uh, you can get Space Elders 2. Okay. have a little short story in that. Um, you can pick up the series of anthologies, The Crimson Pact, Yeah. Um, edited by Paul Janess, and that's where you can find the stuff that Larry and I wrote together. And that, that one just keeps getting better and better. Yeah, every volume that comes out. Yeah, yeah, and the, the the story that Larry and I write in there is just a it's just a serial story. It's like sixty thousand words. Um, it's fantastic. Wow. Volumes two through five. It's awesome. Okay. So, get that stuff, and then uh, hey, if you're a Hugo voter, nominate this guy right here. Elitist book reviews, best fanzine. That guy. This guy. We should. Yeah. Yes. We should have them start voting for us. Yeah, and then start voting for us too. I'll vote for you. All, All right. right. I'll nominate you. Sweet. We at least got one. We got one. Yay! I don't see why not. I, d- I don't see why not either. Better that than, like, some other random Doctor Who thing that's always in there. I, I don't understand that. Don't be wrong. I, I'm okay with Doctor Who. I love Doctor Who. This is where really. I read my Doctor Who fan fiction, yeah. where I am the companion. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm okay with Doctor Who. It's fun. Yeah. But not everything that's Doctor Who related is the best thing ever. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, so, yeah, let's get you guys in. Why let's, not? Let's do it. Let's, why not? And then we can do a World Con. Huzzah! Yeah. Yes. Heck yeah. Yeah, I mean, Larry did Sad Puppies. We're going to put you guys on the on the list. Sweet. Heck yeah. All right. So, if you don't know who we've been listening to this entire time, Father Steve Diamond. This is Revan. This is Lord Flagoon. And we'll catch you next time. Later. Really? Yeah. All right. Let's just jump into this. So, everyone, this is Dungeon Cross Radio at LTUE, live with, with Paul Janess. This is Revan. It's guy named Joe. This is Lord Flagoon. Hey guys, thanks for having me on the show. Yes, thank you for joining us. It's always a pleasure to have you with us. It's a pleasure yeah. to, to meet you guys and uh, hang out with you guys at conventions, always. Yes. yes. Well, thank you. Yeah, thanks for being on again. So, you're here to talk about your new uh, anthology, Kaiju Rising? Yeah, Kaiju Rising, The Age of Monsters. Uh, a friend of mine, Nick Sharps, uh, basically had a nerdgasm after Pacific Rim came out. Mm-hmm. And he was like, dude, giant monsters and robots fighting. We need, oh, to, yeah. we need to do an anthology. Mm-hmm. So he uh, started uh, soliciting authors, and suddenly we have all these New York Times bestselling authors like Larry Correa and some other killer authors, and luckily he asked me to, mm-hmm. to write a story. So I had so much fun nice. writing this, because I was a huge Godzilla Mothra fan, you know, as a, yeah. as a kid, and... You know, I'm just I'm just happy to to be there. Well, and so. Pacific Rim like hit every joy button for anyone that was fans of that. Stuff. Oh yeah, or it, even it, it giant ran robots. the whole gambit of everything. It yeah. had right. it had giant robots. It had giant monsters. It had epic fights. It had a huge sword. Oh my god, that the was sword. the best part. <laughs> the sword. The guy use the, they're they're using a, a freaking tanker as a club. I yeah, mean, it it just made everything. And then it had GLaDOS in it. Yeah. yeah. And it had Charlie Day, and anything that features Charlie Day as a character is like, I'm yes. The two Russians, the oh, two yeah. Russians had no lines, yeah. but just kicked total butt. Yeah. And a little Asian <laughs> chick loved her. Well, no, I mean, just oh, yeah, the, the sword was... scene where, you know, you're up in the air, and she's like, I'm gonna pull, 
activate the sword, and like, he's like, we got a sword? And everyone's just like, yeah! <laughs> they got a sword! <laughs> I mean, it was like Voltron all over again. Although, although oh, my yeah. question is, why didn't they just start <laughs> off with the sword? Look, look. Don't ask that question. We all know that question is there. Yeah. Just pretend that it's cool. Is oh, everything yeah. fine? Look, looking into it, there's there's a, there's a lot of like interesting uh, interesting like gaps in there. Like you know, okay, Jaegers can go underwater, and they have a sword that can basically cut through a level five kaiju. Why not just hang out at the opening, and any time they pop through, slice your head off. Slice your head off. Slice your head off. <laughs> But then, that, no. that's, then that's that not an away, epic story. That takes away the fun of the story. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. You've got to have the build-up. You've got to have the build-up. You know, it's just, it's just fun. It's just a fun movie, oh, yeah. and you just have to kind of go with it. And I'm not saying you have to remove part of your brain, but you have to put your suspension of disbelief on hold just yeah. for a few minutes. Yes. Yeah. And just try to enjoy Because why would you want to pee in your own Cheerios? Exactly. Okay? <laughs> Do not pee in your Cheerios. That, this, is, this is also a movie where a giant robot clubs a giant monster with a freaking tanker. Yes. You know? Yes. So. That was epic. Totally epic. So the, the, the furor over, over, the, over Pacific Rim and then the new Godzilla movie coming out really spurred... Uh, like there's three guys at Ragnarok Publications. It's a small mm-hmm. press, and they're like, we should totally do a Kickstarter. Yeah. So they set up this amazing Kickstarter. They did tons and tons of work on it, and the goal was ten grand, and it funded at ten thousand eight hundred. Mm-hmm. So it, it just crushed, you know, the the, re- the numbers. So mm-hmm. in the end, we ended up with tons of backers, and they for the trade paperback that everybody can buy. The backers of the Kickstarter get special covers and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff, but you can, you can get uh, the, the trade paperback here soon. Right now it's just an e-book at the moment. The trade, pa- trade is coming out soon. But Bob Eggleton, which is like this really famous artist, did the cover for the trade paperback, and it has this huge kaiju that kind of looks like one of the kaiju from Pacific Rim, and then it has like Godzilla you know, <laughs> on it, and they're about to go head-to-head. So it's, it's just an epic, epic anthology. So anyway, yeah. I'm yeah. pretty stoked. So, about what sort it. of um, what sort of pleasure center did that hit for you when you started putting your story into the anthology? You know, uh, we I was I was with my friend Patrick Tracy, who's been on the show. He's a, he's an amazing writer and my, you know my best friend. And you guys know Pat real well. Oh yeah. But I'm talking to Pat, and I'm like, I have this idea. You know, it's like feudal Japan, 1850s Japan, alternate history universe, and. The British and the Dutch have come to Japan to try to open up the harbors and, and establish trade. This happened in real life. And they shelled Japan. They blew up some cities. They were real assholes. Basically. We really want to trade with you guys. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> yeah, trade with us or we kill you. So I'm like, huh. What? How could they have prevented that? Mm-hmm. Summon a kaiju. Nice. <laughs> so... <laughs> So in the story, which is called Of the Earth, Of the Sky, Of the Sea, the, the samurai general comes to this old woman in her mountain temple and basically asks her to save Japan from, uh, to save Japan from these, uh, these foreigners from coming in. So that's, uh, that's kind of the story. And, and she basically tells the guy, look, you do not want me to do this. Because mm-hmm. if we summon uh, the... the the earth dragon and the sky dragon and the sea dragon, shit's going to get real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay? Yeah. And it's not all going to be happy for us. So yeah. be careful, you know. But so would, that, would you say that's the origin of that phrase, that, that the shit just got real? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, when, you, when you summon them, it's, uh, all bets are off. Yeah. 
So uh, we, we really had fun with it, and we worked harder on this story than I've, I've worked on a story in years. Oh, wow. We went through so many... Pat and I wrote it together. We went through so many drafts and revisions and edits, and we just sharpened the goddamn thing to, like, the highest possible sharpness we could get it to, and it's been, it's been a real pleasure to get the reaction from the fans. So it's, it's, it's not really a literary story, but it has a little bit of poetics to it, but mostly it's about giant monsters blowing shit up. Nice. So, <laughs> you know, so that's kind of... Uh, and there's robots, too, but they're steampunk, like, juggernauts. So, nice. anyway. I have, a, I have a page that, you know, I'd kind of, I'd kind of like to read. Sure, let's go. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, for you guys. Yes, yeah. please. Oh, before... Okay, to, to build this... To build this uh, just a teeny bit more. So, part of the Kickstarter, people could pay to be killed in the story, right? Oh, oh man. man. I know, I know. So, this, this, uh, one of my Facebook friends, she paid 150 bucks to, mm-hmm. to have her husband killed in the story. <laughs> unbeknownst, <laughs> what does that say? <laughs> right. No, <laughs> right. No, unbeknownst to her... He paid oh. 150 bucks to have her killed. <laughs> and they did not know that the other person had done it. That's awesome. And, I'm, and if, if after a point, we're like, wait a second. Did they mean to do that? Like, did they just mean to do one thing? And yeah. so we kind of had to let the cat out of the bag to one of them, you mm. know. And they both were like, oh, my God. And they loved it. So nice. I epically kill Melanie and Cameron Metters in the story. So that's not in this scene, but they yeah. die so epically. And that's they, awesome. they love it. So anyway, okay, here's the here's the scene um where uh, the the British and the and the Dutch have come with their airships and their juggernauts and their armies and they're they're attacking. And uh the old woman has summoned the kaiju. Nice. So here it is. The earth dragon burst upward in the middle of the city, his emergence laying waste to Kagoshima Castle and the surrounding gardens. Above the ground, his serpentine body knifed forward like a cobra, head held upright, neck arched, every structure in his way shattered as if it were made of coalesced dust, houses exploding into sticks, streets riven, pagodas toppled. The few people who had been unable to evacuate were mostly killed, though some would linger in the rubble until succumbing or being rescued days later. The path of destruction was profound. It was, as I feared, perhaps worse. Sora had summoned Ryujin Tengoku, the air dragon. She flew over the city and attacked the fleet of airships, dropping firebombs. She was lithe and pale, a two-headed serpent with a dozen sets of legs along her underside and the wings of a giant falcon. Her clawed feet tore great... tore great rips in the bulbous sacks as she strafed them from above. The airships shot at her with cannons and repeating guns, but she flew fast and maneuvered away. Ryujin Tengoku hid in the clouds before diving again. She surprised a slow-moving craft, latched onto it, and crashed into another, causing a massive explosion as the bomb-filled compartments on the underside clanked together. Fiery wrecks soon dotted and sullied the waters of the bay. Below, the water dragon, Ryujin Toyotamuhime, a leviathan of the deep ocean, leaped upward and landed upon one of their iron ships, breaking it in two. The ship's innards exploded into a red fireball, 
Gaijin soldiers, their clothing and hair aflame, tried to swim in the turbulent water. It was no good. Each one snuffed out like a candle in a monsoon. The water dragon pursued all the fleeing metal ships, tipping them over, tearing out huge holes in their hulls, or pulling the smaller vessels underwater. Above, the last two remaining airships tangled together, the air dragon's wings caught in their rigging. Ryujin Tengoku screamed out, a soul-wrenching sound. The crews of the two doomed airships had found a way to train all their guns on her, and they opened fire. I'll just stop there. Yeah! Ah, wow. Oh, kills. It's fun, man. <laughs> we had so much fun writing this story. And they yes. did... They did, they did interior illustrations for like each story. So mm-hmm. there's a picture of the Earth Dragon, who actually didn't quite appear in that scene too much. Mm-hmm. But it, it, was just, it was just a pleasure to be part of something so cool that just got your little inner nerd like excited, you mm-hmm. know? So, I don't know. No, oh. that was awesome. That Thank you, guys. Oh, that was, really that was awesome. absolutely gorgeous. So, wh- or, so when can we expect to see it on uh, shelves and trade paperback? Yeah, uh, I think March or April. The the publisher's a little been a little sketchy on okay. that, but the ebook is out now. Just you know, do Kaiju Rising, Age of Monsters, and you can find it on Amazon. And uh, it's like twenty three stories, interior illustrations for all. It's a lot of content. Perfect. So. Awesome. Yeah. All right, well, we look forward to seeing that in trade paperback oh, and wow. ebook right now. Yeah. Thank you Sorry. so much, guys. I mean, yep, thank you. if any of the s- stories are just as good as yours, I mean, it's going to be a great read. Oh, my I gosh. I mean, uh, and especially if you like monsters, robots, yeah. and other ex- <laughs> things like that. So. Wow. Yeah, man. Awesome. We, had, we had fun. There's a lot of traditional sort of Pacific Rim type stories. Yeah. And this story, I'm calling it uh, Steampunk Kaiju. Nice. Because there's like juggernaut robots, like steam-powered fighting kaiju. And nice. there's airships and... I don't know. It was, it was a lot of fun. So thank you guys for having yeah, me on the yeah, show. Thank you very much. So if All anyone right. wants to find out more about the Kaiju Rising, where can we find it? You know, if you go to Amazon and just and just put in Kaiju Rising, it'll pop up. Uh, there's also uh, Ragnarok uh, Publications. You can hit their website, okay. stuff like that. So Awesome. All right. All right. Well, thank you very much. Everyone, Paul Janess. Yeah. Thank right. you. Yeah, bye-bye. Thanks a lot. Yep. Bye-bye. Video game. <laughs> All right. This is Dungeon Colors Radio. This is Revan. This is Lord Flagoon. Guy yeah. named Joe is... Sadly, flying around in his Iron Man suit. So he is. We are still here and at the, the wonderful Chris. and beautiful LTUE. Yeah. Intern Chris is still in a cave somewhere. Yes. That's okay. That's and fine. we are sitting with? The man, the myth, the legend, Larry, Larry Korea. <laughs> and for those of you that don't know who he is, I'm sorry. You have been living in a rock. Yeah, you've been living under uh, some sort of stones for a certain amount of time. Should I should I introduce myself? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm Larry Korea. I'm an author. I'm best known for the Monster Hunter International series, the uh, Grim Noir Chronicles. Um, I also have military thrillers that I write, Dead Six, Swords of Exodus, and uh, I also write for Privacy Press uh, for the War Machine and Hordes line for Skull Island Expeditions, and a bunch you know more short stories that I know what to do with and novellas and that kind of thing. So. Yeah, I mean uh, Paul Jess, we were just talking to him, and you just wrote one in the, 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 the Kaiju, Kaiju Rising. Oh, yeah, I did. I just did a giant kaiju rising story. And you guys will appreciate this, because uh, speaking of gaming, um, I, I had this deadline coming up to write this giant monster story for yeah. this anthology that I volunteered to be in. And um, my uh, my game group was playing Legend of the Five Rings at the time, uh-huh. and we had just had this one big character arc come for finale where our archer killed the giant sea monster with a single arrow through the eye. It was a great dramatic scene. So I go to the guy, I go to the player, and I was like, dude, do you mind if I... Uh, kind of steal all that and change all the 
scratch the serial numbers of L5R off and like change it around a little bit and uh, and, and and write that up as a story. And he's like, heck yeah! And I was like, sweet, deadline reached. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> so and actually, it came out to be a pretty good story. So yeah, that was uh, totally ripped off of our L5R campaign. Okay. It, wasn't, it wasn't ripped off. It was, it was research. inspired. Oh, yeah, it was inspired. It was, it was inspired. all our guys doing stuff. I yeah. just totally, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll use it. it you just works. didn't know you were doing advanced research for this story. That oh. works. I'll take it. I get comments all the time. People read my stuff. They're like, I bet this guy is a gamer. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, totally. So, I mean, you have a huge following now. I mean, it went from, you know, just no, no one knew you and then... Bam. You were you, you were, were, like, you you were self-publishing before, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, uh, six years ago, I, I self-published. Uh, I was just a nobody, and uh, I originally wrote to an audience of gun nuts and people that love B movies. And so, my so first, me, yeah, exactly. And I, so I was writing for guys that love you know monster flicks, but it's like you watch a monster flick, and he's like, wow, you know, if me or my friends were in this movie, it'd be over <laughs> in five minutes. And so I wrote a novel for those guys, and I did okay, and, and it actually turned into a pretty good hit, and. Uh, over time, it's just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. I got picked up by banned books and got bigger, and now it's it's kind of exploded. It's a little nuts. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing really well now. I'm just, I'm, I'm pretty well known and uh, selling a lot of books and really having a good time. Just enjoying the I'm enjoying I'm enjoying the heck out of this. You you do definitely look like a person who is enjoying what they're doing. Yeah yeah, I, uh, yeah. you know you, you're a writer. You, if you have enthusiasm for what you're doing, it comes through. It's contagious. Yeah. True. Well, it's it's great because I mean I see on your your Facebook page you know all the different patches that have now come up. And it seems like everyone's got their own design or a little tweak of that. Oh, yeah. My fans are so hardcore. Um, I have the most... I, I would not trade my fan base with any other writer out there. Mm-hmm. My fans are the most hardcore, awesome, fanatical, um, just tough, cool people that... Um, and, 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 they, and they have, like, pride of ownership in this mm-hmm. stuff, too. And uh, they... I love them. I love them to death. It is always it is always awesome. Like I'll be riding on uh, on tracks or on a train, and I see somebody with the with the little demon frowny face, smiley face. I'm like monster hunter. They're like yeah. yeah it was cool. I had a guy who was uh, he was a off duty cop. And he was working security at a concert, and uh, the, you know, the guitarist comes by and he's sporting a monster hunter patch, <laughs> <laughs> and, and he goes dude MHI, and the him and the, so the security guy and the and the guitarist are like what's up yeah, <laughs> you know. And, and just little things like that, I, I I get a kick out of that stuff, man. I love it. I, I'm such. I was uh, I was on a on the flight to Gen Con last year. Yeah. And uh, there was a guy reading Monster Hunter International, <laughs> and uh, I had to I had to be all hey. So uh, what do you think of that book? A good book. I huh? hear it's okay. <laughs> what do you think? And he's like, oh yeah, this book is awesome. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> sweet. Did he realize? It- no, he, he realized within a couple. Oh, okay. Cause I, well, I, I kind of stick out in a crowd. Yeah, you have yeah, a distinct look. Okay, so we're, we're on a we're on a we're on a podcast. You can't see me. Let me describe. Picture uh, a younger, a little bit leaner version of James Gandolfini, but like <laughs> a foot taller. So, nice. yeah, I look like I look like a really tall Tony Soprano, and so I, I do tend to stick out a little bit in crowds, yeah. like you know, as far as the other writers go. Nice. Just a bit. Well, like here at LTUE, the only writer taller than me is Dave Butler, who looks like a six foot seven Tom Selleck. Yeah. Yeah. He he is pretty tall. So. Yeah. Butler's rock. Butler, yeah, we he's like Magnum PI, man. I wish I could have a mustache like that. We were actually joking at the uh, beginning of this, talking about uh, when we were at Gen Con last year, and uh, Revan was the one uh, filming our interview. Yeah. And like he was like talking about how how like bad it hurt his back because yeah, I'm the tallest one of of our of group. Us. 
And then I'm standing next to Larry Correa, who stands about a head taller than me. Yeah. So, so he's I'm he having was, to lean back with this heavy back. camera that we had. And I'm just like, <laughs> I remember that. I'm like four minutes in. I'm like, oh my gosh, when is this gonna end? But I don't think we could have. I don't think we could have done the, the transverse because it would be like either cutting your chin off, yeah, or cutting Larry's head in half. And I don't I think we'd just be able sat, to do like, that. Sat on a chair next to you. That would have been awesome. <laughs> Reverend would have, you actually you could have just put the camera on another chair and yeah. went and wandered around Gen Con some more. Yep. Are you guys going to Gen Con this year? We are. We are. We yeah, are. Me too. We already have our, our passes and everything. We've got our hotel booked. We just got to get our flights. Yeah, I'm on the writing track this year again. Yeah. I had a lot of fun last year. Going to be doing some book signings again. I'll you know be at the Hero Games booth for the Monster Hunter role playing game. Nice. And then, uh, I'll be doing some signings at Privateer Press. As it should be. Which yeah. I always try to crash in there, too, to do signings. Not just do signings, but also to get early release miniatures. You know, <laughs> call in some favors. So I don't have to wait in the giant line to, you know, get the stuff that's going to hey. sell out. Are you able to get Iron Kingdom stuff? Because I still don't have those books. Really? Oh, yeah. no, I got all the books, man. You, yeah, they got those on digital now, too. Really? Yeah. Because you give me a copy, that would be awesome. Okay. Yeah, you, yeah. The new book, uh, hopefully the new book will be out. By yeah. I don't know if it is or not. Because, the, I mean... I, you know, I was playing in Jordan's game, yeah, yeah. but these guys haven't played it yet, and it would be fun to run it for them. It's a fun game. I want to run. A, I want to run an MHI. Dude, role we could game. do that too. We yeah. don't. We no, here's the thing. I, I was telling these guys uh, last time I was on. I, uh, we actually I interviewed with these guys earlier, and then we <laughs> yeah. lost it. But yeah, it, it, it got it got sucked. The gremlins. Into the, it, ate it, it got sucked into the ginger void. Uh. <laughs> okay, so the MHI RPG is fun, yeah. and I love yeah. it, and it's fun to play. But I have all these friends like, dude, Larry, we should totally play MHI yeah. RPG. But you guys have eight hours a day, or ten or twelve <laughs> hours a day. I sit in a chair and I make up Monster Hunter International yeah. stuff. So to play MHI as an RPG would be like playing an RPG of your job. You know, yeah. it's like. <laughs> it's so so I play I, I play I, I game to like escape what I do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and to recharge my batteries. Well, you know? the. the you're you're lucky enough that what you do is like that awesome already that people escape to do your job. I know that's okay. No, don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining. It's a good problem to yeah. have, but it's cool to go play what in somebody else's world. What do you do for yeah. enjoyment then? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like, honestly, I mean, I I love it, and I mm-hmm. I, I go to cons, and if somebody else is running it, I will totally jump in and play. Yeah. But it's hard too because everybody I'm playing with keeps looking at me. Am I doing this right? Yeah, they're like, they're, they're MHI fans. Like, so, um, would it be okay if my character did this? I don't care. <laughs> you know, have fun, man. Do whatever you want. Yeah. You know, this is not. I'm not sending this to the publisher. Yeah. So I don't. I don't unless know something that really good happens. Yeah, and I've warned people. If anybody has a really good line of dialogue, I'm yeah. totally stealing it. <laughs> I, I can kind of understand because I mean that that would be like a, a role playing game out there that you roll your character and you're like, yes, I'm a level two customer service agent. <laughs> and my day was this. <laughs> I was going to say, roll? Okay, your spreadsheet is successful. <laughs> yeah. All your math is accurate. Yes. Your margins are and correct. And you make payroll. <laughs> well, I am going to be stealing some lines from, we did, a, we did the, the inaugural game at Gen Con, and yeah. it was for Kickstarter backers, and well, actually, one of our, one of our backers passed away uh, in a car accident. Uh, we, oh. we played at Gen oh. Con in a little while later. His name was Boris, and he was uh, from Bosnia, and he was a fantastic guy, and he was one of the funniest people I've ever played games with. Because he was playing a uh, Bosnian character. Yeah. And so he had his accent. Yep. And uh, his character is carrying this giant axe the whole time. Oh, nice. And at one point during the game, he exclaims, I will hit him with an axe, as is the way of my people. <laughs> and we all laugh. We're like, okay, this is a great, great line. Then so he stops. He stops. He pauses. He goes, no, 
No, you don't understand. That is the way of my people. In Bosnia, the axe is the number one weapon of murder. <laughs> and then we just get back and, we, and we all died laughing. The guy was so funny. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to be. Uh, I will be using uh, some of his stuff in the next Monster Hunter. That is awesome. Boris yeah, he, from Bosnia, you will be remembered. Yeah, yes. he he was a, he was a hilarious guy. Another line I'm going to steal was um, at one point. You know, uh, uh, they took a smoke break. You know, half the guys were playing were smokers, yeah. and um, so we took a smoke break. And he's like, "Oh, I'm fine." And he shows us his army. Or, or he's got a nic- uh, nicotine gum. He yeah. pops some nicotine gum and he starts eating it. And uh, he's like, yeah, I smoked for three years, and it's like a chew gum for seven to quit. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, when, I, when I get dialogue like, dialogue like that, it's going. Oh, up. yeah, that's, that's golden. Yeah, that's just golden. Yeah. That's, that's how could I not use that? I mean, how could I not? That's yeah. too awesome not that's to use. That's amazing. <laughs> so speaking of the, of the, of the Kickstarter, you, you had the very successful uh, coin lineup. Yep. Uh, how is that coming along? Are those getting um, ready to... Almost p- all shipped, awesome. actually. Um, we are in the process of shipping now. Um, it's me I and my, my buddy Jack has been doing it down in Texas. He's uh, the guy shipping it all. His entire dining room has been taken over by MHI merchandise. <laughs> okay, for those that don't know, we did, a, we did an MHI Challenge Coin Kickstarter where I thought we would have, you know, maybe a couple dozen people be like, hey, this is cool. I'll get an MHI Challenge it's Coin. Like everyone came out of the woodwork. No, we raised over $100,000. Wow. And so when it came, yeah, it kind of shocked us, and we weren't really prepared for that. But we have successfully got them all, wow. and uh, he's been shipping them for the last couple weeks. Because let me tell you, when you have a thou- couple thousand packages, and it's stuff like, I want two of these, and one of these, and one of those, <laughs> none of these, and three of these, it gets very confusing very quickly. Oh, I bet. So, um, but they, we're actually almost done. Most of them have gone out. All right. And people are starting to get them. Do so you have any uh, future plans for any other uh, Kickstarters? Um, yeah, I, not that I want to commit to yet. Nothing yet? But uh, I, I've now done two successful Kickstarters, and the fans are still really enjoying them, so... Yeah, we definitely are going to do some more stuff in the future. All right. Nice. Well, we yeah, we, we've, we've bounced some different ideas around, so we'll see what happens. I, I, so I hope to hear something else. Yeah, how well is the Monster Hunter role-playing game going? It's done pretty good. Yeah. Uh, uh, Hero, uh, we, uh, I think the, the initial run actually sold really well because I've been getting royalties. Good. <laughs> I've um, been getting paid, so that's good. Yeah, so it's, it's been getting good. And uh, I did that with Steve Long, who's a, a really well-known game, game writer, mm-hmm. and uh, Steve uh, did just a fantastic job. And I, I sold a ton of books, uh, of RPG books, to my fans who aren't gamers. Yeah. And they just got it simply because we had so much fluff in there from the universe that they just got a kick out. And plus, we had really good art. Uh, yeah. We, we, we uh, paid a lot for artists. And, uh, yeah, it came out really good. And so people have been buying it rather well, nice. as far as I can tell. I've been enjoying it. And um, talking to somebody else, I need to actually, right after LTU, i got to talk to somebody who's interested in doing some, uh, 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 mini company wants to do some MHI miniatures. Oh, awesome. nice. And as a mini painter, I, I immediately just totally geeked yeah. out. I'm like, You're all over I'm that in. one. Yeah. I don't. I probably shouldn't say this on on a podcast, but I don't really care if I get any money off that. I just want to m- be able to paint minis of my own people. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm that much of a dork. So, I mean, you had me. Oh at no, hello. no. This would, this, yeah. is, this, this is what they need to do since they do the the 3D modeling now. Do a 3D model of your head and then put them uh, put it on an MHI. <laughs> I did that. I I was one when they did the uh, the Kickstarter for the 3D printed miniatures with uh, yeah, your mimi- own face. Miniatures, yeah. Mimi- yeah. yeah. I, I, they did one for me. Yeah. And I was the cleric. Nice. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, you can have Larry as your cleric. Larry as your cleric. That. Can I shoot it? No. Well, I'll be honest. But I need to heal. But. A, a guns. <laughs> See this thing. I I, I played a, I played a cleric in a in like a uh, two year campaign in college. I could uh-huh. pull it off. Okay. But I, I made it was Forgotten Realms, so I made sure I was like the cleric for well, who's the god of war. 
It uh, had to be appropriate. I, 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 could, I didn't Torm want to know. or something like that, yeah. Uh, Torm? Term? Yeah, Tempest? something like that, no, yeah. I can't remember. It's been too long. Uh, oh, I, maybe it is Tempest. I yeah. graduated a long time ago, but it was, it was Forgotten Realms, and I was like, yeah. I was like, I'll be a cleric, but I want, I'm a cleric of war. So yeah. Give me a big freaking hammer, <laughs> and I will heal you all when the fight is done. done. And I, you know, and I'm when everybody's dead and everything stops twitching, I'll heal you. And I played him as a complete psychopath. It was hilarious. Awesome. <laughs> I love oh, that. That is sweet. That's that's amazing. So, uh, big gamer, you love painting miniatures. Writer, what else is there out there that you like to do? Uh, I did competition shooting for a long time. Nice. Um, Ipsic IDPA three gun. That gets really expensive. I, yeah, I've, I've, I was thinking about getting into three gun, but since I don't have a shotgun or a uh, rifle yet, yeah, yeah, I was looking at about oh six thousand dollars just to start. Well, you can start for cheaper. Um, I was, I was looking at high end, and I'm also looking oh, yeah. to actually build my own AR. And then you can go a little nuts. Yeah. Well, okay. So give me an idea. My wife is really happy that my main hobbies now are more game related because. Even as much, because I'm a compulsive mini purchaser. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I, I, <laughs> Unfortunately, Jordan. Uh, yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah, pl- you, your supplier. Me, me and Jordo <laughs> Sanderson are like blood brothers when it comes to every time there's any sort of mini thing pops up in the yeah. internet, I get it within seconds. I get an email yeah. from Jordo. He's like, "Dude, look at this Kickstarter." <gasps> and then like I know both of me, me and him both are out 500 bucks within yeah. minutes. Um, so. Uh, it's bad, and I have like my office has shelf after shelf after shelf of minis, and then like my closet's full of them, and I can't even get them all on shelves. I'm actually remodeling my office to put more shelves. <laughs> but um, so so that said, at this point, after a couple years of mini painting, I have maybe scratched the surface of how much money I'd spend in one summer of three gun. <laughs> Just to put that in perspective. Okay. Well, I yeah. mean, uh, like I got an STI. My comp gun is, is worth about four grand. Wow. Nice. Yeah. To just put that in perspective. Um, you know, it's an STI long slide, uh, 10 millimeter, 40, and, and 40 cal, it's got two barrels, and yeah, it's, it gets really stupidly expensive, but for a little while I was sponsored, so I actually shot OPA, you know, other people's ammo, yeah. <laughs> that was awesome, um, but you know, you gotta be really good to, to keep that up, and I just didn't have the, I mean, I had to choose between that or shooting, or sorry, shooting or writing, Yeah. and yeah, I had to yeah. go with writing. Yeah, it it kind of pays, it pays writing. a little bit better, right? Yeah. Yeah, see, well, I, now. yeah, shooting cost me money. Writing pays me money, so that was kind of you know. And you could have fun doing yeah. either one. Yeah. yeah the, the only way I was able to shoot OPI was for the military. So. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. and then they they really make you earn it. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I was the small arms instructor, and whenever we got up to the range, and people were like, "Oh, you're being in the range," I'm like, "Come on, look, you're being a professional shooter today." What are you yeah. talking about? It sucks. Well, yeah, but they're still paying you, right? How can anybody complain about range day? I never got that. If you have a really bad small arms instructor and they do oh, a yeah. very dry yeah. um, I, pre-fire, I, then, then it's painful. There's some. Yeah, I was an instructor for a long time. There's some really crappy firearms instructors Yeah. There. How uh. can you make shooting boring? I, I know. What's wrong with you? It is, You're it is, shooting yeah. guns. This is, this, is a, this is a machine designed to propel a small chunk of metal at supersonic speed. How is that boring? I know. It's like you look so cool doing it. <laughs> How could you screw this up? Precisely. Yeah. But, but I, still, I, mean, I still shoot, and I, I've been teaching my kids recently. I've now got uh, teenagers, and uh, so I've been teaching my children, and they're actually doing pretty good. So I might have some more – next generation might have some more competition. Yeah. We got my nice. – we got my uh, my two year old or like my uh, my uh, mother in law got my two year old a Nerf gun for uh, Christmas and uh, for a two year old she's got a pretty good pretty good shot like she'll shoot she'll shoot people on the uh, on the on the TV screen and center mass 
Nice. I'm, I'm impressed. Good, good kid. Yeah. Good kid. Yeah, my two years, my two year old right now is more into impact weapons. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got I've got a forty five pound two year old. Okay, he just turned two. Wow. And uh, so you know he's the size of most three year olds. Yeah. He's just a monstrous, gigantic baby. As we you know, we have one of those Nerf axes. Yeah. There's nothing scarier than a two-year-old with all the control and inhibitions of a two-year-old the size of a three- or four-year-old swinging around a Nerf axe in your house. Yeah. That hilarity ensues. My wife loves that. But yeah. see, Walk through the door. <laughs> well, yeah. I got in trouble one time. I, okay, so I, I'm hard to shop for. So one Christmas, my kids mm-hmm. bought me a Tetsu boat, oh, which nice. is a samurai war club. Yeah. And mine is uh, it's about four and a half feet long, and it's 16-pound spiked club. Nice. And, I mean, you could work out with this thing. It's yeah. ridiculous. So... I bought it, and it was right around, you know, or my, my kids got it for me for Christmas. Well, we had also got the kids a Connect for Christmas, and the kids were playing Fruit Ninja. So we have a big screen TV, and my kids were playing Fruit Ninja, and I look at the Tetsu bone, and I was like, ooh, I have an idea. So we moved all the, my wife was not home. Yeah. We moved all the furniture in the living room back, and then we, then Dad, because none of the other kids, none yeah. of the kids could lift it. Dad played Fruit Ninja with a Tetsu belt. Yeah. Best workout ever. <laughs> so my wife walks in. I'm all sweaty, swinging around a 16-pound samurai war club, slicing uh, imaginary yeah. watermelons. And my wife comes in, and she's like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, playing Fruit Ninja. And she goes, the Tetsu bow is an outside toy. <laughs> <laughs> so that's been a saying in our house ever since, the Tetsu bow is an outside that toy. That is awesome. Yeah, my, my kid is also all about uh, the uh, bludgeoning weapons. And this is her with a meat cleaver. Oh, my gosh. From yeah, Halloween. So, it's so plastic. Lagoon is showing me a picture of his daughter, and she looks... She looks like a serial killer. Yeah, she looks like she's about ready to hurt well, somebody. Well, she stabbed him in the ear. Yeah, she stabbed <laughs> me in the ear. Like uh, <laughs> she had, she found a, a pop or a uh, sucker stick, and, and she stabbed me right, right into in the right ear. through the she ear. She, yeah, into the eardrum. No, yeah. you guys need they need to put this picture up on the website because honestly, guys, she looks like <laughs> Dexter. She's coming. <laughs> she's got her kill face on. I know. It's like show me your war face. <laughs> that is awesome. So yeah, we will be putting that on. That is a cute little girl. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she's she's like she's so awesome. There's nothing nothing quite as scary as a two year old swinging around a meat cleaver. No. Nope. Oh yeah, uh, meat cleaver. Uh, uh, at last year at Gen Con, I got her a uh, a LARP uh, throwing dagger. Yep. <laughs> and like th- for the first two weeks, she was just running around the house and like she'd stab somebody. Like she stabbed mother in law or she'd stab mom. She'd go die, die, <laughs> die. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you got older kids? Uh, this is the only no, one. The okay, only one I, I've got, I'm not, I have four kids. I have teenagers now, and we've raised them all equally nerdy. Yeah. And the older ones have turned out okay, so she'll be fine. Okay. Yeah. She'll Good. be fine. My oldest daughter is a hardcore gamer, too, and she, um, she's, she's pretty fanatical. But the thing is, she's, she's a girl, so you'd think she'd play pretty, pretty princess-type stuff. Yeah. No. Nope. No. She's always a berserker. Awesome. And everything we do, she's always some form of berserker. Every awesome. time. And she's just this angry little girl who is... <laughs> the reason we have the giant Nerf axe is we bought yeah. it for her. Uh. <laughs> okay. And daughter number two is pretty... Actually, uh, me and Revan were talking about how to get your kids into, yeah. uh, into gaming. Yeah. Um, actually, okay, so um, I playtested a game the other night uh, called Gallant. Okay. Um, and uh, I'm, you guys will have more about that later, but I was playtesting, and one of the things that's cool about it is it's got a scalable, kind of a scalable setting. For intensity, okay. So it's and actually the kind of thing that it's for grown-ups, but it's got a a, a level for kids basically nice. to play, um, because it's got a lot of it's kind of a fairy tale grim uh, fairy tale kind of okay. basis, and so it's cool because 
you could scale it down to almost Disney princess level if you wanted to. Wow. For yeah. kids. And I was actually really impressed with the systems, but that not my area to talk about. I'll leave that for somebody else. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, no, that's good. I mean, because I mean, they're interested, my kids are, and they're just, you know, how do you get them involved enough to where it's not just like... Oh, it's such a fine... Because when, when you have the range of ages, yeah. you can't aim it to war and age. So, okay, what I do with mine, this worked really well. Okay. So my oldest kids were pretty smart. My youngest kid, we... We went, we went to him, and he, at the time he was like seven, all right? He's a boy. Yeah. So I went to my seven-year-old, and I said, okay, what do you think would be awesome? And, and everything was kind of in terms of superheroes. Mm-hmm. So he wound up creating either somebody that cross between Wolverine and the Hulk, mm-hmm. or Wolverine and Deadpool, or Deadpool and Spider-Man, you know, and this yeah. what do. That would be his character concept. Okay. Okay, Wolverine and the Hulk would just be awesome. That actually, for my son, for his first role-playing character, was Wolverine and the Hulk. It was a hit of pragmatist in L5R. Oh, oh, nice. Which basically is a big dude that walks around punching everything in the face. Nice. Awesome. And so role-playing-wise, he would get a little bored at times, but we just kept kept him involved as being the big, scary thug guy. Yeah. Then we got into combat. This is the key with your kids. If your boy starts to run around and act out the fighting with crashing and banging noises, oh, yeah. just think of it as a special effect. And then you have to help them with the mouth. <laughs> nice. I'm serious. And they just roll fistfuls of dives. And you as the dad tell dad slash GM, you tell them if they hit the guy or not. Okay. And then you fudge a lot yeah. to make them happy. Yeah. Awesome. But then nice. they get hooked, and it's awesome. And then when they get older, you put them to work uh, GMing. Nice. <laughs> you hear that? <laughs> yeah. So All Reuben's right. Ta- Reuben's talking to his kids right yep. now. He's like, you guys hear yep. this? You, you hear that? Pay attention. You can do it now. Mental note. Yes. All right. Okay, well... So, go ahead. Uh, thank you very much, Larry, for uh, joining us again. Oh, it's thanks, guys. always a pleasure to have you on. Um, there is never a uh, dull moment when you're on the show, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you time and time again. Cool, thanks, You can guys. pick up Larry Carey's books anywhere books are sold. Yeah. I mean, literally anywhere. Even probably on the, the dark street corner in the, the back alley. Hey, man, it, 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 they're probably I mean, there. I'm in Polish and... The Czech Republic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that says a lot. And then your website is? Uh, just Google search Monster Hunter Nation or my name and it'll pop up. It's LarryKorea.wordpress.com. Nice. All right. All right. Thank you again. Thanks, guys. Thank you.